it's my honor to be here today. I have known uh, Brother and Sister Moran for uh, quite a few years now. It's amazing. We were talking earlier how time goes by. It goes by fast. And we've got to enjoy the journey, don't we? It's important that we enjoy the journey. I wanted to mention today that um, in your worship team are two of the ladies that you have loaned us at the district office to work for the kingdom of God, not only here, but there. Uh, Belle, who is in the worship team, is my administrative assistant, and there she is right there. And I love her. Belle, you got to come down here with me for a minute, would you? <laughs> she'll, she'll get me and kill me tomorrow. I love Belle. <laughs> and I want to, Belle, okay, here we are. And as Belle knows, and you all don't know, that I'm kind of what you see is what you get type person. So, Belle, tell the people here at Oak Grove, something that they'd be surprised about me. She's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in having fun, and I appreciate Belle. Thank you for loaning her to us, and as my assistant, Lord knows I need her, and also Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you in the auditorium at the moment. She's upstairs, of course. Using her gifting, she is in our accounting department, and I don't want to forget Sharon Julian over the here. I saw you. Sharon was in the office how many years? 25 years. And, uh, you know, one of the neat things about the district slash network office that uh, people don't always realize is that you have the opportunity, just like the local church, to invest worldwide and it's just an exciting time to live for the Lord it's an exciting time to be involved in any type of ministry I also don't want to forget that I have some family here today I'm so thankful that they are here it's not often that they are in a service with me but my mother and my aunt and my brother and sister-in-law are all here R.C. and Karen were on the evangelistic field for about 15 years in earlier years. In fact, they ministered here at Oak Grove when Brother Moore was here. And they now, I believe it's been for over 25 years now, have owned KEDI Christian Radio Station. And in the last couple of years, they have founded Dream Network, which is a ministry to single moms. So I am just thankful for them. They make a difference in my life. You know, we all need people that are rooting us on, don't we? We all need people that you know that on these Sunday mornings, when you're awake at 5 in the morning thinking about the service, which every preacher says, but it's true, you're thinking and praying about what is God going to do today? Is he going to use me? Am I going to mess up my words? Just all of those type of things that are just human nature. It's so wonderful to have people in your life 
that you know that they're going to accept you just the way you are. Just the way you are. And I am so thankful that that's the way our Heavenly Father does, isn't it? He accepts us just the way we are. Well, Pastor, while Pastor Ron is in Thailand eating rat, and when I saw the picture on Facebook of him eating rat, I thought, you know what, I'm glad that's him and not me. Because I might have offended someone, Chrissy, because I don't know if I could have done it. But they're eating rats, and they had pictures of silkworm that they're eating, and they had pictures of crickets. So he'll have a lot of wild stories for you. But most importantly, they are making a great difference over there. They're enhancing the men's ministry and missions in Thailand. And Sister Melissa was telling me that the Nichols are out of this church. And what a wonderful, wonderful testimony of your church. And I want to mention Sister Melissa for a moment. You know what? She is one of the friendliest people, one of the friendliest pastor's wives that you will ever meet. And I get around because of my job, and I'm in a church, uh, different churches all the time, and I just am so thankful for her friendliness. And, you know, something that you need to know about your pastors and your pastor's wife. You know, you have all of these people, you, that are ministering in the background, doing roles. Some of you are in the front. But someone is carrying the bulk of the load, and that is your pastors. So, Pastor Melissa, we are thankful for you today. Oak Grove family, let's give her a hand today, would you? I can get my iPad rolling here. We're going to be in good shape. This morning I have a word that I believe that the Lord wants to share. And he wants me to remind some of you today that yes, you have a past. And yes, some of it is not as good as you wished it was. But there's a whole lot in the past that made you who you are today and that is valuable to your story and to your journey. This morning I want to minister on remembering the past. You know, Paul said in the word of God, he said to forget the past. And I know exactly what he was talking about. Paul, who was... In earlier years, Saul did horrific things. He did terrible things. And with his new name and his ministry and being sold out to God, I have no doubt that Paul did not really want to remember all of those things. But there is another level that I believe that Paul spoke to us, and we're going to read in the Word in Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Paul found value in remembering his past 
because, because of that, he can appreciate what the Lord has done for him. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever thought, oh, if I could just forget, if I could just get and remove out of my head some of the things that I have done or that I have said, life would sure be a lot easier. But this morning, as we remember the past, I want us to be reminded that because of Jesus, that is the past. And it is a good thing to recognize from time to time exactly what he has done for you and what he has done for me. Philippians 3, 12 to 14 reads, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But listen to this next part. This one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Heavenly Father, we are honored to be in this place today, to be in your house, to be with this wonderful group of people, Lord. And today, we are reminded of what you have done for us, Lord. Lord, we're going to look into your word and be reminded of your faithfulness. We're going to be remembering parts of the stories of our life and remember that you have always been there, that you have always been faithful. So today, Lord, we ask you to bring life to your word as I deliver it, God. Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts as you desire, all of us needing different things, all of us made in your image, and we will praise your name forever. We will praise your name forever. Amen. This morning I want to minister and mention a few things that I don't want to ever forget. And one of those things is my heritage. I don't want to ever forget my heritage. Now, you may be sitting there this morning, and you might be thinking, yikes, you don't know what my family was like. You don't know my story. You don't know my past. You don't know my background. You don't know my mom and dad. You don't know my family. No, I don't. But what I do know is he created you in his image, and he has a purpose for you, and that's why you're here this morning. That is why he saw fit that somewhere in your journey, you were told the story of the cross and the story of what Jesus did for you. Now, I was one of the fortunate people uh, that was raised in a Christian home. I might add to that that we were and are far from perfect. 
I'm going to add that disclaimer because it's true. We are far from perfect, but saved by grace. I am so thankful that in our household, Jesus was a common word that was used and not in vain. We knew as we were small children and as we learned the word of God, mom and dad had accepted Jesus as their savior. I'm so thankful for that. Both of their parents were Christians and we knew what it meant to know Jesus as a young age. Not everyone is that fortunate, but that does not mean that God did not have his hand on your life because you're here today. But I want to tell you just a couple of stories that I like to remember. One is about my grandma, Amor. Both of my grandmas, Grandma Amor, Grandma Smith, they were both believers. Grandma Amor was kind of what you would picture as your typical grandma. She was robust and she was, um, she was just a typical grandma. She loved us and we loved her. And grandma was always at church. Either our family or my uncle would go to church and would go and pick her up and bring her to church. And she was always there. We were raised in Assemblies of God. We were raised in Pentecost. In fact, I heard that you're a Pentecostal church. And I can tell it. I can tell it. You know, you can't always tell it. But I can tell it in this one. But Grandma Amor loved God. She loved God and she was not ashamed of it. In fact, I like to say Grandma Amor was Pentecost and saved when Pentecost and saved wasn't cool. Because it wasn't always and still isn't always, but who cares? Grandma Amor loved God and she proclaimed who he was no matter who was around. That is a characteristic that I want. No matter who is around, no matter what their title, no matter what their status in life, that they will know that I love Jesus. Grandma would come to church and she would praise the Lord. She was hard hearing and um, often would get stories mixed up and all of those type of things, just like grandmas do. But grandmother loved altar time. And as kids, of course, being young, we would actually like to watch grandma in church. And sometimes we would have what Pentecostals call a good service. You know, where you didn't have preaching. That was how we measured a good service when I was growing up whether we had preaching or not. But sometimes when we would have a wonderful response in the altar, and at times there were people slain in the spirit on the floor, we could look over and grandma would be over here on the side 
and grandma would be in her own world, just her and Jesus, with her hands lifted high, praising the Heavenly Father. And then all at once, and this is the part that us kids liked, we were little. All at once, grandma would start dancing under the power of the Holy Spirit. Grandma's hands would be lifted, her eyes would be closed, and grandma would dance all over the altar area without touching a person. Anybody remember those days? And we were amazed. How in the world could grandmother do that? How could she not step on somebody? I'm thankful for my heritage. And what I want to remind you today is whatever your heritage is or was, you are creating right now a heritage for those that will be generations down the road in your family. Let me tell you what the Word of God says. In Psalm 112, I love this. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Listen to this part. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. The generation of the upright will be blessed. This very moment in time that you are living, you are making choices in life that will affect generations to come. When we think of it in that terms, in those terms, it starts to get a little bit overwhelming. But what amazing opportunity. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Because you are living a Christ-filled life, the scripture tells us that generations will be blessed as a result of that. Something else which is quite personal, but I want to share this with you this morning. Another part of my past that I always want to remember is the season in life when I lost my joy. I was in my 20s and uh, nearing 30. Life was not what I thought it was going to be. As young women, we have all of these ideals in our head. All these dreams and all these things that we have seen on TV. And mine was not going that way. I can remember as I was going through that season of life, just being so concerned about always being in the will of God, about what my future was going to look like. 
about what it was going to be like 10,000 years down the road because I sure wasn't happy then. And I started getting deeper and deeper and deeper into depression. I don't want to ever remember, forget that time in life. There are times and moments in time when I go back to that season purposely because it was so definitive in me standing here today. You see, God had a plan for my life, and Satan did too. I didn't have aspirations of being a preacher. I thought I'd be a pastor's wife. I have always been ministry-oriented and had a heart for ministry and a love for people and a love for God. But this was not on my radar. Therefore, as I was in that season of life, some of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You're trying to figure it all out. You don't know how, and you think that God has forgotten you. When I was at home, we lived in a white two-story farmhouse, and I can remember laying in bed at night, looking at the ceiling, just wondering, does God really know where Wellington, Missouri is? How many of you do? How many here knows where Wellington, Missouri is? (laughs) My family does. (laughs) Wellington, Missouri, population 720. About 40 miles east of Kansas City on 24 Highway, you would find the Amer family living out in the country. But I wasn't sure that God knew our address. You know, our minds are a crazy thing. If we are not careful, we will let our minds go places of desperation and depression that is so deep it will be impossible in our own in our own humanity to dig ourselves out but one thing that i did know i did know that there was a god I knew that there was a God down deep, even though I had so many questions. I knew that there was a God. And remembering this part of my past has formed my today. Because it was during that time that there was only a few things that I knew to do. I knew how to pray. I knew how to read the Bible. My family loved me. They prayed for me. They fasted for me. My church did. And I knew that the word of God was either true from the very front to the back or it wasn't at all. During that season of time, I just I just poured myself into the word of God. Any time that I would have spare moments, 
I would be in the Word of God, memorizing it, reading it, pouring it, because you know what? I had read those scriptures that talked about renewing of our mind, and mine needed that. My mind needed to be renewed. And so when I got into that Word and I read some of the scriptures, I was amazed at what God had for me and what had he had for my future. Do you know what it says? It says in the Bible that he has a plan. And it was just for Rhonda, Chrissy, for Rhonda Amor in Wellington, Missouri, that you didn't even know existed. But he did. He did. He knew that there was this young woman in Wellington, Missouri, living upstairs in a white farmhouse that loved God with all of her heart and that needed peace of mind. You know the peace that the Word says that passes all understanding? Guess what? I found it in the Word. As I began to quote Scripture and Scripture and Scripture over and over in my head and would memorize it and where I was working I would tape scriptures all over the desk area so that every place that my head turned I would see scripture I wish I could tell you this morning that everything changed overnight it didn't but over a season of time the word of God became more and more of who Rhonda Amor was. I'll never forget reading Philippians 4.8. Finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, Rhonda. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the last part was just for me. And the God of peace will be with you. There's an old song. It's called, I've Got Confidence. One of the greatest compliments I ever received from people is the fact that I smile a lot. You know, you can't fake a smile. It comes from way down deep. And that old song says, some folks wonder how I smile, even though I'm going through trials. How can I have a song when everything seems to be going wrong? I've got confidence that God is going to see me through. I have confidence this morning. I don't want to ever, ever Forget that season in my life because it's when I was deeply rooted in the Word of God and taken to a whole new level. You see, I didn't know I would be standing up here this morning, but God did. And He was preparing me. Something else I don't want to ever forget is that life is hard. 
but God is good. Life is hard. It is wonderful. So many times of wonder in life. So many joyous moments. So many times of victory and mountaintop experiences. But there are some rough times too. In fact, those times are so much more difficult without Jesus. If I gave each and every one of you an opportunity to take the mic and give just a little glimpse into your journey, many of us would be surprised. My aunt that is here today, she has lost two children in two separate accidents. They pastored in one city, the last city in Hannibal, Missouri, Assembly of God Church there for over 25 years. And I believe he was 67 when my uncle, still pastoring, they were just going strong in ministry, had a heart attack. I've often thought over life, if anybody had the right to be bitter, she does, but she's not. Because she loves God. And she has found the answer. She read the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. She read the scripture that says, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Don't dwell on the difficult too long because there's too much time passing by us. There's too many people to meet, too many people to share Jesus with, too many people to share God's love with, too many people to share kindness with, too many people to share his love for you. Something else I don't want to ever forget is the cross. The cross. I'll never uh, forget being just a little girl and asking Jesus into my life, into my heart. Now, many times, many, many, many years later, He is still the God that I ask into my life back then. Just as faithful. He hasn't aged any, just as perfect, just as true, loves me more than ever today. If you ever doubt who you are in Christ, I've been reading a book that one of our missionaries wrote, Danny Davis. I am... In him. You are the image of our Heavenly Father. You have been created like no other. If you look to the person to your right and your left, they don't look anything like you. Some are saying, lucky them. And some are saying, lucky me. (laughs) 
made in perfection. I don't want to ever forget the high price that was paid for this moment in time. Because you see, my salvation, my joy, my contentment, my friendships with you, I, I know so many of you, it came at a high price. Can you even fathom? And I know this, you've heard this a million times. But can you even fathom giving a child of yours for someone else that you don't even know? That's exactly what happened. Our Heavenly Father gave his most prized possession for you and for me. Because he knew that you were going to need a Savior. He knew that life would be difficult at times. He knew that at times we would struggle with joy. He knew that at times we would struggle having peace. He knew there would be seasons in life where we would struggle being content. He knew there were times in life when we would do things wrong. And we would need forgiveness. There was a high price paid for you today. And that was a cross. When the man named Jesus that hung on it died a very cruel death for you and for me. Something else I don't want to ever forget is that I'm Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed of it. You see, when I was 10 years old on November 13th, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. A language between me and the Heavenly Father. There are times when I pray and I don't even know what I need to say. I am literally at a loss of words. This morning as I was praying for this service, I don't know what you need. All that I knew is that I had an invitation to come, and I believe it was God's desire to be here. But I didn't know exactly what you need. So what I did was I do when I'm at a loss for words. I prayed in my heavenly language because I knew that even though I did not understand what I was saying, my heart's desire was being communicated. Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I don't want to ever, ever, ever forget the moment that I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And something that I want to remind you today is it is not a one-time event. It is a lifestyle. 
It is a lifestyle that we pray in our heavenly language time after time after time. And I like to imagine our heavenly father listening. I just think it's music to his ears. There's one more thing that I don't want to ever forget. There is a heaven, but there is also a hell. You know, hell is not talked about a whole lot in church anymore. So I'm going to mention to you today because I'm I'm hit and run. I'll be here today for one service. And if you get mad at me, please ask forgiveness next week when you're here. Billy Sunday said, hell is the highest reward that the devil can offer you for being a servant of his. C.S. Lewis made the statement, made the quote, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, Without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Hell is filled with people that we love, our neighbors, our friends, really good people, people that are nice, sometimes that mow our yard when we're out of town, people who give to charities. People that lend a helping hand. Good people that have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. I'll never forget a family in my home church, Louis and Janice Hammond. They were our neighbors, lived about a fourth of a mile from us. When I was a young girl, they got saved. It was a neat thing to watch. I remember this just as a young girl, watching their relationship with the Lord develop and grow. After a few years, Lewis was deaconed in the church. Janice taught Sunday school. She loved her Sunday school class of small children. They were in the church. Solid for many years. And I hope I remember the story right, but there was a gas station car wash in that little town that came up for sale, and Louis and Janice decided to buy it. It was closed on Wednesday nights. It was closed on Sundays. Didn't interfere with their church life. But before long, we noticed something. We would drive by that every time to church. They started being open on Wednesday nights. You know, I'm sure the thought process was, that's not going to matter. It's just Wednesday night. And Lewis and Janice were gone from church more and more. 
Remember what C.S. Lewis said, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Before long, they were open on Sundays. And before long, it was a rare occasion that they were in church. And before long, they were never in church. Different events happened in their life, some tragedies. And to make a long story short, Lewis in his last days was not even sure if there was a God or not. No, we don't know what happens on a person's dead deathbed. And I am so thankful that God gives us so many opportunities. But they didn't see that one coming. It happened over a period of time. What's the Bible say about hell? The Bible says that it's a lake of fire. The Bible calls it a bottomless pit. The Bible says it's a horrible temptus, a devouring fire, weeping and wailing, a place of torment, outer darkness. People don't sleep there. Fire is not quenched. The subject of hell isn't very popular, but it's so important. Jesus told about hell because he doesn't want anybody to go there. I love serving the Lord, don't you? Love all the benefits that come with serving the Lord. I love the opportunities to share Jesus with people, whether it's in the grocery store, whether it's in Walmart, whether it's another church. I love to pray with people when they have needs. Living for the Lord is a wonderful thing. It's not all painless. Stuff happens in life because we're living in the real world. One of these days, those that are prepared, they're going to experience a life of no more tears. They're going to experience a life of endless joy, of endless happiness, of endless contentment. But until that moment for our lives, we are living in the real world and real things happen. As I close this morning, I want you to think back in time. I want you to remember some of the pivotal, definitive moments in your own life that have brought you where you are today. And made you who you are today. Some of you are sitting here and you are on top of the world. It is like the most wonderful season in your life. But let's be real. That's not everybody in this room. 
Some of you have a lot of different things going on in your life. Challenges. There's illnesses taking place. Children that aren't living for the Lord. A whole plethora of different things that takes place in real life. But this morning, I want us to reel it all in and let's just focus on us. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as the worship team comes.